This is an AMI podcast. Hey, Dave Brown here. If you enjoy this podcast portion of our show, remember you can watch it live every day at 9 a.m. Eastern time on AMI-tv. Welcome back. It's now with Dave Brown on AMI-tv. Statistics Canada has released some data related to disability. New Brunswick has seen an 8.6% increase in disability rates between 2017 and 2022. The province has the second highest rate of disability in the country, with approximately 35.3% of the provincial population identifying as having a disability. Haley Flero is the Executive Director of Ability New Brunswick and can offer a little bit of analysis on the raw data. Hey, Haley, thank you so much for making time to be on the show today. I'm grateful. Thanks for having me. So there's a lot to unpack here with this data. The national average did see an increase, 4.7%. But what's your reaction when you see that New Brunswick had an 8.6% increase? Well, Ability New Brunswick certainly wasn't a surprise, just given the um, increase in referrals that we've seen over the last several years. So this really validated it. Um, However, we're really concerned about the implications it has for health, social and economic policy. I want to get into the implications in a moment, but just a little more context on the front end. Why do you believe the province has seen an increase in people identifying as having a disability? Well, Stats Canada will slowly start to release more detailed information on the provinces, but nationally there was, you know, uh, there is discussion that uh, in the in the data that's been released about increased diagnosis of mental health disabilities, uh, increased diagnosis of pain disabilities. <clears throat> Excuse me. And I know um, definitely that would represent what we're seeing in New Brunswick. So on we know about 30% of those with a mobility disability that we work with are also presenting with some type of mental health diagnosis, anxiety, depression and others. Mm. So there's there's opportunity that there has been improvements in some improvements in access to mental health. So we're probably seeing some earlier and better diagnoses. But we also know that there's a significant pre- uh, you know pre- prevalence of mental health disabilities disabilities and um, among our population as well. Living with a disability is is a tough adjustment. Yeah, I'm inclined to agree with you. And I think it speaks more broadly to a better cultural understanding around more invisible disabilities, right? That for so long, disability was perceived in a very concrete static box. And that has changed. And I'd say the other side of it, too, and I, I believe you referenced this in your first answer, just the reality of aging populations. Absolutely. And that is one of the factors. Um, Atlantic Canada, New Brunswick, we have the oldest population in Canada. And with age does come disability. You know, 40% of New Brunswick seniors have a have a disability and, and the most prevalent disability among that population at 64% is mobility, the, the sandbox that I'm in every day. So, you know, that that is a, a fact, you know, that is a consideration as well. The pain diagnoses did not surprise me. We have the increase in those identifying as disabilities that are pain related. Um, and, you know, what we're seeing in New Brunswick is we have three-year wait lists for our pain management clinics. So people are leaving jobs, leaving schools, dealing with significant pain, not 
not getting the care they need. And it's resulting in more extreme levels of pain and it becoming a full complex disability. So that's one of my major concerns because there's some prevention there that's mm. possible. Okay, that's the context. And Haley, thank you for walking through some of the context before we jump into a few more of the implications <laughs> here. Now that you have the, some of the data on hand and knowing that more of it is going to be crunched moving forward, how is that going to help address policy? How should that help address policy? Well, we haven't had a really good policy lens, except for, you know, us nonprofit organizations generally, but haven't had a strong enough policy lens on disability in New Brunswick. And I really hope uh, that they're, you know, the policymakers, when this came across the desk, and we certainly made sure it, it's getting there, um, that there was, you know, that there was a pause to say, how are we ensuring that our policy work for programs, services, economic policy, health policy, how are we ensure, ensuring that this data is being considered. You know, we saw the largest increase in Canada of any province in disability rates, and that has significant implications for, for policy and, and program service delivery moving forward. Where do you think the priority areas may lay? I, I know that's a really unfair question because disability is so intersectional that it it's is. going that it's going to touch many, many different places. Housing, the economy, social services, support, yes. health care. I'm, I'm running them off here and I'm only scratching the surface. Agreed. But, but, but where do you think the priority should be considering the influx in data? Well, I certainly think access to mental health services is a priority uh, in New Brunswick. We certainly are experiencing a mental health crisis. I think access to, I know access to specialists like pain, man, pain management specialists needs to be a significant priority because we're seeing people progress to a disability stage of pain disabilities as a result of lack of access to care. Housing, I agree. Um, access to home support services is a significant issue in this province. You can make um, a better wage and benefits working in fast food industry and home support needs to be a, a valued profession to help people remain as independent as possible at home mm, so there, mm. there's significant implications disability service delivery living wages you know um, I'm sure your listeners are really waiting on this Canada disability benefit because my view is that we waited so long to try and get living wage for all Canadians in poverty that this is a way to test living wage with people with a disability. We know that living wage works. Look what happened with the CERB. People mm. were actually able to, to live, pay their rent and uh, pay their groceries during the pandemic, those that were on low incomes or lost jobs. So um, I, I think that that needs to be a significant focus as well. People with a disability and single parents are the two most impoverished populations in our province. Doesn't mean everyone with a disability is in poverty, in poverty but we know living with a disability adds up. Yeah. You know, extra costs for transportation, home support, over-the-counter medications. Some of those bills are are extreme and not covered under other programs. So um, there's a lot of things we're going to have to keep an eye on all of the different, you know, policy buckets relating to disability. But, you know, living wage, home support, uh, housing, uh, access to specialists are all on our radar right now. 
Yeah, especially for individuals who may be going through the process of acquiring a disability. It, 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 for someone like myself who was born with one, it's a little bit different because you're adapting from day one, you're learning, and there are certain things in the system that are there for you, but especially for someone who might be acquiring a disability or developing a disability later in life, there's a lot of support structure that's required. Like you said, specialists, rehabilitation specialists, orientation and mobility specialists, these are all yeah. critical, critical roles that are already in short supply. In short supply and during the pandemic, many were out of reach. So we're just starting to see the impact that the out of reach caused on people's health and mobility now because of, you know, a return to accessing health surfaces trying on a regular basis and the wait lists are just getting, getting longer. We're mm. really just starting in Canada to see the impact of the pandemic um, on health and rehabilitation services among our population now. Haley, let's take a couple minutes here on the way out the door to talk about the work that you and your colleagues are doing. Let, let, let's stop talking about the uh, cruddy things out there and focus on the positives. <laughs> the good because, stuff. Well, no, because Ability New Brunswick does a ton of great work for people in the province that has trickle-down effects all over the country. So what are some of the services that you want to, uh, that you want to sort of make mention of this morning to help connect members of the community? I, I, there's so many services that we're offering now and just so incredibly proud of this team and, uh, you know, just how they, they never, they, they never give up and it's always, you know, nothing without us, uh, you know, designing programs with the population we work with at the kitchen table. I think a two, a couple that I want to mention is our peer support program for people with a mobility disability. We have some great online peer uh, mentorship uh, seminars coming up on pain management, on coping with grief adjusting to disabilities. So I really want to plug that program because it took us a long time to get funding to have, you know, staff to be able to formally coordinate that. And the response has been amazing. You know, people reaching out for mentorship, whether it's on a certain topic like accessible travel or adjusting to a new MS diagnosis. So I really want to plug that program, especially. Um, in New Brunswick, I want to, you know, really plug the policy work we're doing on behalf of people with a mobility disability. We've been heavily involved in the Canada Disability Benefit federally, and we're really hoping that that will roll out in the next year and provinces won't be clawing back the benefit and mm, making mm. people ineligible for other programs like housing or, or you know, equipment. Uh, you know, one of the things I keep bringing up with the Canada Disability Benefit, sure, if, if there's an income of $24,000 a year is a minimum living wage, but if they, we take away health care benefits to cover a $30,000 power chair no one is going to be any farther ahead mm -hmm. so um there's some serious things to think about there but we're also working on and i'll come back and talk to you about this the uh new brunswick is drafting its accessibility legislation we're one of the last provinces so there's a little bit of a negative spin but we're also we're also able to learn from all our provinces all the provinces and the colleagues and we've been talking to them a lot about what they would have done differently to give their legislation more teeth so we're drafting ours in partnership with government right now and we're really excited about that and we're really excited that we'll be the first province to actually have a component on adapted sport and recreation in our legislation so stay tuned i cannot wait to have you come back and tell me more about that Haley. thank you for this please keep up all the excellent work and i hope the uh, snowstorm that passed through these coasts wasn't too rough on you 
New Brunswick got off easy, but don't tell anyone. Oh, yeah, I was okay. really, I was kind of hoping for a snow day, but I still would have talked to you. Uh, it's well, always a good day in New Brunswick, Dave. <laughs> You've told me that before. I always appreciate I that one. <laughs> Thanks, Haley. Have a lovely day. Okay. Take care, Dave. Okay, that, that's bye. Haley Flaro, Executive Director of Ability New Brunswick. A lot of policy and priority conversation there. Don't forget, that's the topic of the daily poll today at Accessible Media on X at Accessible Media Inc. on Facebook. Paul Politicians returning to Ottawa today for Parliament's winter session. What do you believe their top priority should be? Disability issues, healthcare, the economy, or foreign interference? You're also welcome to uh, go off the board and tell me, Dave, these options are bad because they're all intersectional. I acknowledge and agree with you. <laughs> at Accessible Media Inc. on Facebook, at Accessible Media on X, feedback at ami.ca is the email address. 1-866-509-4545 is the phone number. That's all the time there is for the show today. Don't worry, things kick off again tomorrow morning at 9 a.m. Eastern time. Until then, I'm Dave Brown reminding you to play safe, play fair, but don't forget to have some fun. Dave Brown here. If you enjoy this podcast portion of our show, remember you can watch it live every day at 9 a.m. Eastern Time on AMI-tv. Hi, I'm Jenny Bovard. Join me monthly for Low Vision Moments, where I speak with awesome guests about some of the amusing things that happen when you're blind or partially sighted. Watch on YouTube or download Low Vision Moments from your favorite podcast distributor.